Over the last few weeks in Citygate's Church Online, we've been looking at how we deal with various kinds of problems and issues that life throws at us. And today we're looking at the particularly difficult issue for many people. We're dealing with addiction. And there are many types of addiction. Alcohol, drugs, power, money, gambling, self-harm. The list almost goes on and on and on. My own background is that of addiction to gambling for 20 years, to 1982. And I'm going to draw on that experience as we look at the issue of addiction, regardless of what kind of addiction it is. Because one of the symptoms of addiction is that the person is out of control. They are unable to stop whatever it is that they're addicted to. Now that doesn't mean that they're acting stupid or being silly or careless or difficult all the time. It simply means that whenever they run out of the strength to fight the addiction, they just give in. Strength or force only pauses the addiction. It doesn't stop it. Therefore, being in an environment, for example, where the gambler cannot gamble, doesn't end the addiction, it only pauses it. And of course, in lockdown with the coronavirus, many people are locked at home, but the internet is where gambling has exploded in recent years. Another of the addiction symptoms is the loss of control. It's very difficult for people to know that they're addicted, something is out of their control, and yet in the public eye they want to appear normal. They want to appear as if they're coping with life. They want to appear just as another person. Therefore, the addict has a secret life. Now, in some addictions that is easier to do than others. For example, gambling does not harm the body. And therefore, it was relatively easy to hide the gambling from people, or at least to think I was hiding the gambling from people. And my personal experience then is something that I look back on as I remember those years, and something that the Apostle Paul wrote in the New Testament in a book called Romans really speaks to me about those times for me, those years. He wrote this, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. But in fact it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. Addiction, regardless of whatever kind of addiction it is, has a very deep cost. That cost is first and foremost of a very deep isolation. And unless you've been an addict, or unless you know someone or someone close to you is an addict, this may not make sense. Because the addict can be at work, they can be at home, 
They can be at play and seem normal. And yet inside them is a very deep isolation because they think nobody knows about their addiction and they probably think nobody cares. Because so many people do not know how to deal with addiction when they don't know how to deal with addicts. And yet one of the symptoms, certainly for me as a gambling addict, is an illogical confidence. There is this strange confidence within an addict that they actually can cope, they can handle life, they can cope with whatever life throws at them, even if all their experience tells me otherwise. And because they think they can cope, because they think they can handle it, because they think they can appear normal to people, addicts tend to push people away rather than draw them close. They tend to want people to stay at a distance rather than getting near. The addict can suffer a loss of friends. I lost so many friends over those 20 or so years. People who struggled to understand, who struggled to cope. And I remember one person telling me when they knew about the gambling, just pull yourself together and stop it. They just didn't understand. As well as pushing people away, it can push friends and family away. It can be very difficult because addiction, if it's not checked, or if there isn't some measure of control, can turn to illegal behaviour. For example, stealing to get money to feed the addiction, and so on. So the addict can lose friends, the addict can lose family, and the addict can lose property. You can lose the house you live in, the car you drive, the job you have, almost the clothes you stand up in. Because everything goes on the addiction. A loss of everything is something I didn't suffer, but it must be heartbreaking for the individual and for the friends and the family of that individual to lose absolutely everything. I once met an alcoholic addict on the streets who was a former Church of Scotland elder and his addiction had cost him everything. And the addict knows, as I knew, that what's needed to help isn't a sticking plaster or some nice first aid. We need a new heart. We don't need to learn to cope with the addiction. We need to learn that there is hope. And that hope is expressed in the fact that only God can set me free from that addiction. Because only God has the authority to loosen the hand that holds the addict. And it's that deliverance, it's that freedom that we're going to address in a few minutes' time. The reading is taken from Psalm 51. I read it reading from the New Revised Standard Version, and I shall be reading verses 1, 2, 5 and 10. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, 
and put a new and right spirit within me. A few minutes ago, I spoke about addiction in my own background, when from early 60s to around 1982, around about 20 years, I was addicted to gambling, and in those days it was the slot machines in pubs and amusement arcades. I gambled away about £47,000. Now, in today's money, that would be almost half a million pounds. And today it is so much more easy to gamble than it ever was back then. Gambling on the internet, gambling by phone, and the way gambling is set up today, you can lose huge amounts of money in a very short time. But we mustn't think that addictions, whether it's gambling or whether it's anything else, whether addictions are new, because they are not. Earlier on, Jane read a passage from Psalm 51, in which King David was lamenting. And the reason he was doing that was that King David was addicted, not to gambling, but to women. He had more wives than most of us will ever have houses, he had many, many children, many concubines, and when he became king, it only gave him the power and the authority to seek out more women. And the reason he wrote Psalm 51, or what we know as Psalm 51, is because King David had seen this lady by the name of Bathsheba from the roof of his palace, on the roof of a nearby house, and she was bathing, and he wanted her. So he sent for her, she was brought to him, and they lay together. David thought that was the end of it until Bathsheba announced that she was pregnant. David then had her husband, who was away with the armed forces, he had him murdered. And then he took Bathsheba as his wife, another woman. And eventually, the way that David was living and the way the addiction was holding him led him to the place that every addict must get to where they can no longer cope. Where something has to give. And for David, he cried out. And let me remind you of what Jane read. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. And both King David back then and me in 1982 cried out to God in desperation because the addiction had to stop. One way or another, the addiction had to stop. And when I cried out to God in 1982, I said to him, the gambling stops and it stops now, and if you can't help, then I'll end it by taking my own life. But one way or another, it stops now. And both King David and myself were desperate for freedom, and yet we tried everything, or at least we thought we had. What I discovered and what King David knew in the psalm, you can read the rest of Psalm 51, is that only the power of God the Holy Spirit can set us free 
from the hand that holds us like that. Only the Spirit of God in Christ has the authority, the ability, the power to tell that hand to let go. And when the Holy Spirit did that, the bondage was gone. Now I need to be honest here for every addict, for every friend, for every family, for anyone at all connected to a habit, that the bondage may be gone, but the habit remains. It will still be a very strong habit for the gambler to gamble, for the alcoholic to drink, and so on. They face a long battle to deal with the consequences of the addiction, even though the bondage itself has been broken. So, for any addict who is going to be set free by the power of God, something positive, something good, must replace the negative of the addiction. It's not enough simply for a negative to be removed. So how do we handle, how do we assist people who are addicted, whether your friends and family or whether it's yourself? How do we handle people who are addicted? The first thing I would say is don't preach at them. They really do not need you to preach at them. In fact, in some ways, it's the last thing they need because it simply demonstrates that you don't know what you're doing. Likewise, don't leave subtle hints. You know what I mean, the Bible lying open at that particular verse, or the book about addiction, or whatever it is, or the TV program that happens to be, you know what I'm talking about. All these little hints that we think will do the trick, they won't. In fact, they will only annoy the addict and they will only further isolate the addict. However, there is one thing you must never do, and that is that you must never write the addict off. You must never say to them or to anybody else that they are beyond hope because they are not. Now, in my experience, any addict will only ever receive help when they are desperate to receive help for themselves. You cannot force help on an addict. As I said in the first part, even if you throw them into prison, even if you bind them up tightly, all you are doing is pausing the addiction. You're not actually making any difference to the person inside. Furthermore, when an addict has faced up to the responsibility and God has set them free from that addiction, they wait, sorry, their consequences of those addictions will still remain. When I stopped gambling in 1982, I had debts of £12,000. And a friend and I had to sit down and work out how to write to all the companies that were screaming at me for money when I had no money coming in. And when I was, even though I was working, every penny was being spent in repayments. In those days when I was working, I had to walk to work. I didn't have any lunch because I didn't have any money. But I was free. Consequences remain. I was fortunate in the sense that a gambling addiction doesn't directly harm the body. It doesn't do instant damage to the body in the way that a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction, for example, can do. Also, the addict who's been set free may need professional help. 
while elders, ministers can pray with addicts and help them to be set free, the consequences may need practical, personal, professional help. That can be mental health issues, it can be psychological issues, it can be relationship issues, it can be family issues, and they may need medical help as well, particularly if the addiction is one that damages the body, like, as I said earlier, drink or drugs. But there is hope. Jesus said, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And when he said that, he was speaking about what he called the finger of God, which was the Holy Spirit of God, who could set people free. When Paul wrote to the church in Corinth in what we call the New Testament, he said this, If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. For the addict, there is always hope. If you're addicted, or if you know somebody is, somebody that's close to you, if you want help, you can get help. Use the prayer at email address that will be on your screen. And you can email us and the elders will receive that email and decide how best to respond. We can pass it to our prayer team for prayer or we can communicate with you if that would be appropriate. Just use the email address and contact us. And let me sign off by saying to the addict one more time, there is hope. Amen.